0: Welcome to WBDU Marketing Communications Today, presented by the West Virginia University Reed College of Media, which offers renowned online master's degree programs in marketing communications. Thank you for joining us today. Today, we'll be discussing landing a job during the pandemic, couldn't get much more timely, with two guests from Omnicom Health Group. We have Sasha San Pedro, Talent Acquisition Specialist and Joseph Golden, senior talent acquisition partner. So before we get started, let me just tell you a little bit about their company. Omnicom Health Group is the largest healthcare marketing and communications network in the world with more than a dozen companies and over 4,000 talented people specializing in every area of health. Their people come from every corner of science, medicine, marketing, and communications, partnering with clients and connecting with each other to achieve meaningful change through better more innovative communications and joseph and sasha are here today to help our students and alumni figure out how to get a job during the pandemic so sasha and joseph welcome let's let me ask you this joseph could you start and tell us a little bit about your career path and then we'll ask sasha the same question
1: uh, sure uh, like most recruiters i took kind of a circular path to get not a linear path to get right where, where i am now First job out of out of college, I was selling life insurance, which was definitely not for me. Uh, my best friend was a headhunter. You know, I, I would ask him questions, what he's doing, how to get your job. But I started on the staffing side, spent 10 years on the staffing side, made the transition to the corporate side probably God, about 12 years ago, and I've been at Omnicom for the past seven. So yeah, most recruiters don't start out with, hey, I want to be a recruiter right out of college.
0: <laughs> right, and right.
1: We stumble upon it. Um, but I'm glad I did, because I've had a blast for the last 15 years. My life definitely didn't take the route I thought it would take, so but here we are.
0: Gotcha. Sasha, how about you?
2: I. Just like Joe, uh, didn't really line up with the recruitment world. Um, I went to school for political science and human resources. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew for a fact I didn't want to walk out of college with student debt. So what I did is I started doing freelance work for the film industry and HBO as a HR coordinator. And I picked up some skills on payroll and recruitment. And I, you know, singled out what I wanted to do in the HR world. And when I graduated, I actually, I worked for HBO full-time for a year. And then after that, I... Love they HR, but was looking for something a little more meaningful, you know, at the end of the day, kind of betters the lives of other people. And that's what I found at OHG. I've been here for almost three years and I started out as a coordinator. I got promoted to a specialist and it's
0: been wonderful. Really, really great past three years. Awesome. Thank you so much. So if you're ready, let's get into some questions. Okay. Sure. And I'll let you guys figure out who's going to take each question or certainly you may both respond. So the first ones, and I know, in my I'm a full-time faculty member at Ferris State University in Michigan, and I also teach in the marketing communications programs at WVU, and I'm often, often asked this, what are your best tips for designing a resume, and also what should not be on there?
1: I mean, I, I, I'll start real quick. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of fancy resumes. If I have to try to figure out where your education is, where your, I, I we deal with creatives a lot, and they sometimes get a little too creative. <laughs> Simple is best. The old format of the resume, you know, your name, your your education, your experience, your hobbies, your skill set. Make it clear. Has to be easily readable, easily navigable, and just has to look good to the eye. You know, if it's too busy, I get resumes where Sasha, you've seen them, there's pictures on them, there's icons on them, you have to really look for a good five minutes to find out where the meat of the resume is so simple if you if you're going to go to extremes, keep it simple.
2: Okay. Yeah, I agree. And just, I guess, give a good description of what you did in the past, like, you know, we can all figure out in a nutshell what a project manager does or what an account executive did but what is it that you did every day? Like, give us a rundown of your responsibilities. Don't just write down what you think we want to see. Um, we, you know, hiring managers are really good at spotting things from, you know, they copy it from the job description versus this is actually something. Did. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, but, <laughs> keep it we don't need a lot of fluff. We want honesty. You know, That's a good
1: trick Sasha. Yeah, you know, I read a resume and like this sounds familiar, and I'm like, oh yeah, I just posted that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, plagiarism is not good. You know, uh, that was great when you're in high school and you're just taking stuff out of an encyclopedia. But a resume should be honest.
0: Gotcha. You know, don't
1: don't don't overemphasize something and don't underemphasize something. As Sasha said, the meat meat and potatoes. Keep it simple, clear, concise. You know, history of what you do is what we want to read. If we can't read it and understand what you're talking about and what you do, you did it wrong. You know. <laughs> Don't try to over intelligent it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So just uh, some nuts and bolts. Should there be an objective at the top? I personally don't think so. I think that if you come in with a
2: strong resume that tells us a little bit about your school, a little bit about your experience, and a little bit about your interests, who you are as a person. You know, I like to ski on the weekends. I do, you know, puzzles for fun. On, on the weekends, little things here and there. We're trying to get to know you so that we know whether that person is a fit for the agencies. So mm-hmm. for us, it's like we know your objective. And I think a lot of people often assume like your resume should have an objective and the GPA and a cover letter. And I think more and more, and Joe, please feel free to stop me if I'm yeah. right, I think more and more we're seeing. Stories where we're really looking for the resume. You know, we don't even check cover letters for even for entry-level candidates. Like we are trying to find out more about who you are because I think a lot of our agencies are also looking for people that could be good, a good fit strategically into their team. So we get to know the team so that we get to know what they're looking for and then say, okay, this will be a good person. But an objective and sometimes the GPA are not necessary if you have a strong, well um, you know, put together resume.
1: Totally agree. I don't even read the objective. I, yeah. I, I read a resume from the bottom up. I check the education, see what their major was. Uh, GPA Sasha said, it, it, once you're out of college, that doesn't mean a thing. Let's be honest. unless you you know carrying, just barely got by and I had a D. Um, <laughs> or you know, a 4.0, that doesn't carry more weight. That's not going to get you a dollar more when we make the offer. Totally agree there should be something about your hobbies. I want to relate to the person and some of mm-hmm. the best conversations I've had, I picked something out of there. Oh you, you were a sportsman. We, we talked a half hour about something different. That's where you get the person's real personality. When you're not talking about what's on their resume, you're talking about what they love to do, how they grew up, where they grew up. I'm not looking to grill people. I mean, look, most recruiters are looking for a reason to knock people out. Sasha, we want to hire people. When I talk to you, I want to like you. You know, I don't go into a phone call thinking, oh my God, I hope this person's terrible. They're not. (laughs) I'm thinking I'm not one step closer to getting somebody hired. I literally go into every phone call wishing, man, I hope they're good. I hope they have great energy when they pick up the phone. I, I don't. No, nobody wants to talk to somebody when you know it's not going to lead to anything good. Right. So, but yes, yeah, Sasha's is totally on point. Put something about your your personality, your hobby. Yeah. So okay. that recruiter can relate to you, and maybe there's a common theme. Mm-hmm. You know, where you could have a deeper discussion about that too.
0: Sure. So, is it a one-page resume for everyone? For uh, college students, for people that have been in the workforce for years? Yeah,
2: this is this is a great question actually, and I say this to a lot of our interns. Mm-hmm. Like, When you're fresh out of college, your resume should be one page. And even in, and like, I think my resume, like I still work on it often and it's still one page because you really are attracting a recruiter for a certain amount of time that they are able to give the attention to that piece of paper. And you want to make sure that they understand that. And it really should be, it should have a format where you're not running into seven paragraphs of what they did at you know Baskin Robbins as much as we (laughs) you know it has to be my wife
1: worked at Baskin Robbins Sasha when she was younger by the way so that's a cheap shot Sasha
2: I love Baskin Robbins no offense to Baskin Robbins people
0: please (laughs) You <laughs> could, be, could be Mickey Canceled. D's. Could be any place, right? Any place. I will Should tell
1: you this. I mean, now that we're in a pandemic and people are not physically, you know, sitting across from me with a resume in front of them, while while I totally agree with Sasha, right out of school, one page max. But you know, Sasha, t- tell me if you disagree. When I look at a resume now online, you you know, you're not really even cognizant of how long it is because you basically yeah. you're not you know turning all the pages in front of you. You're looking at it online. Yeah. Uh, but if it goes on forever and ever and ever, there's something wrong. If your resume is babbling, you're probably going to babble when you get on the interview. Now, if you write <laughs> long, you're probably going to talk too long. Now that's a mistake too. I tell people, you know, answer the question, expand a little bit and stop. The longer mm-hmm. you talk, the better chance you have of talking yourself into a bad answer <laughs> or saying something that I don't want to hear or-, or Sasha doesn't want to hear. Right, and when right, you go right. on a tangent, man, it's, it's full of landmines, you're going to step on one and you're maybe not going to blow yourself up with me, but the hiring team may not be so forgiving, you know, sure, so sure. answer the question, answer it fully and be quiet.
0: You know? Right. Thank you. So uh, what skills specifically are important uh, for job seekers in today's industry and keeping COVID in mind, I would say, uh, it's not going to be with us forever, but we have people coming out into the workforce now, and they have to yep. deal. Sasha. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really about
2: picking up um, good skills that are transferable online. Like I think it's very easy to appear well together um, and look good. And I briefly talked to you guys offline about this, but we had had issues um, now with COVID where you know the person comes in dre- or or interviews very nicely dressed up very nicely but something about their background just doesn't look right whether their room is messy or their bed is undone and hiring managers sometimes can see that as a lack of structure or lack of coordination or you know not strategically thinking of like you're outside and past yourself and more of your background so i think you know some of the key skills are really not just appear clean it's not about just showering and getting dressed up it's also about seeing what environment you're showing and what story you're telling behind us and saying you know am i a clean person and obviously like the majority of the people that are college students have a roommate and a dorm so it's hard to you know put two and two together, but think creatively and strategically when you are meeting with people that you don't know, you know, definitely pay attention to what they're saying so that you can carry a conversation very well. I think it's easy to kind of get distracted when you're working by yourself. So really make sure that you're fully engaged in what they're saying so that you can carry the conversation and it doesn't have that awkward silence of like 30 seconds, you know?
1: I mean, look, we we, we work for an ad agency. So once once you're past entry level, we look for a particular skill set, whether you're a copywriter, an account person, a PM, strategy, analytics, but, but right out of school, the best thing you could bring me is personality, and energy, and, and you know, an openness and, and a wanting to learn. You know, Sasha, we, we've dealt with so many entry-level people, and, and to hear a hiring manager just say, "I just love that kid," you know, love this person—that's what you, that, thats what you're selling. And you're not selling your degree. You really didn't pick up anything in school dramatically that's going to make you a superstar coming in here. So it's basically your focus, your energy and, and your personality. Monotone answers are horrible. Two short answers are just as bad as, as, as rambling. You know, do research on us, you know, know who we are prior to talk if not to company or if not us, the company. But even, you know, we're the first conversation, Sasha, with these people. Look at our profiles. Pick out something that maybe there's some common ground. Anything that will get you An in or an in to build a deeper conversation is what you want to do. Yeah, out of school, you know, we we can hire basically anybody with any degree out of school. So it's how you present yourself, how people perceive you, and and your energy level is is what's going to get you the job right out of school, at least at Omnicom.
0: Right. So moving on, do you think that the virtual environment for work is going to continue after COVID? I hope so. Yeah. So- sasha, we, we don't want to
1: go back in i mean we, we, to, we, no no yeah you know, we, we were we were one day a week work from home pre-covid
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know sasha look we, we talk all the time our team that flexibility is probably going to be so much more
0: sure, dramatic
1: yeah. after i mean i, I got used to work eight months i've been home you know my commute yeah, yeah. is 30 seconds the time it takes to get <laughs> off this couch walk into my kitchen <laughs> yeah. and i'm uh-huh. home and it's funny you're getting more production you know I don't think I told you, Sash, but you look at the sick days we've taken as a team, pre-COVID, in eight months, we we probably would have accumulated, you know, across 20 members, 100 people, you know, 100 sick days. We've had probably about 20 in the last eight months. So it just proves that most people are calling in sick because they just don't want to get out of bed or commute to (laughs) work. Let's let's be honest. Everybody's woke up and they're like, "Nope, nope, not today. You're not doing it. You don't have that excuse now, so you're going to go into the office, but yeah, man, I'm hoping to go back maybe two days, and that's only because I love my team and
0: we yeah, have an yeah. awesome
1: team, and, and that's what hurts. But we could do this job anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. and a company as big as ours, you know, we're going to save so much on real estate leases in oh, Manhattan because yes. we're, we're consolidating, yeah, and, yeah. And you cut that bottom line by a couple of million dollars, that's very attractive, mm-hmm. you know. So I'd be shocked if we went back to a, a five day a week in the office work routine my fingers crossed i hope you don't man do
0: you think you'll be going to sort of that hot seat thing where you don't really have an office but when you come in you just find a place
2: yeah a hotel setting yeah Yeah. we we already had those um in a few of our agencies i would say probably about a year ago now around november of last year a few of our agencies started implementing hotel um systems where you just kind of come in and you sit at any desk if um, no desk has any like cups or decorations of anyone. And I think that that is becoming more popular. I think mm-hmm. that now that we're seeing a lot of people requesting alternative work agreements, we're probably seeing it more and more because people don't want to be, you know, they don't want to be tied to a desk if they don't have to, they don't want to be responsible of things. Um, and it's best if you just come in and you, you know, pick out a desk and you sit there for the eight hours that you have right. to be in there.
1: Yeah, well, let's be honest, Sash, you know, we talk to people, they don't like hoteling, you know, I, I'm, a, I, I'm a creature of habit, I like knowing what's going on, I don't want to have to worry about, you know, the night before, oh my god, I got to get in real early to get a good seat, or will there be a seat, <laughs> I want to sit, you know, uh, but the whole shift in, in work life um, has changed, and I'm not a big fan of hoteling, but people like to sit where they're comfortable, people are creatures of routine, you know, and um, And to be in a different location you know, five days a week in in the office is uh, kind of foreign to me and definitely not a big fan of that. But Sasha's right, some of our agencies are doing it and the folks don't like it from what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. They like assigned seats. But again, this is all pre-COVID, so I I, I wish I had a crystal ball. I don't know what it's gonna look like in April, May, and June, you know? Uh, But I do know it's gonna be dramatically different than it was in March. Mm
0: Mm-hmm, so um, with that in mind, If you're a college student, or maybe let's say you're a junior and you're looking for an internship, um, how do you prepare for this virtual work environment? Oh, I think
2: really, as Joe mentioned, doing research on the company, doing research on the people that you're interviewing. um, More and more, I've seen a lot of our entry-level candidates wondering, okay, who are are we meeting? And can you tell me a little bit about them? Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, being one step ahead because you need to be able to carry a conversation online and believe it or not it is a little difficult than it is in person when you are right next to the hiring manager and you need to be able to really um know what you're gonna say and you know even if you have to write it down or study it I mean you know you should see your interview as a test because mm-hmm. that's what it is a test of your skills a test of who you are um but you know let's not forget to be you and to um you know when when somebody asks you something in your opinion or your thoughts be honest you are going to be at this job all day every day for the next god knows how many years and you want them to know you as you really are um and i think that that carries best when you are well prepared and you know equipped with the right skills to make sure you're making sense on what you're saying Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And, you know, it, it's tough for these kids who are just getting in and out of school and have never really experienced a real life office. You know, right? we know, Sasha, people on this team who've left our team during the pandemic and joined a new team and they never met the folks they're working with face to face, you know, but, you know, they do have prior experience working in an office. Some of these young kids have never stepped foot in an office yet right, and they don't right. know what's involved. Look, you hear office politics. That, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing, um, how to navigate an office, you know, how, 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 how it is to act in an office setting, you know, agency life is a little chaotic, a little hectic. So it's really not that extreme there, but you know, look, video games and, and, and online stuff it made, made kids a little, I don't want to say antisocial, but their development in that respect has, has been hampered, you know, and not being able to, to really go into an office every day, get into an elevator, say good morning to the receptionist, settle in, prepare right. for the day. Uh, know how to act in a meeting where you're around 20 people mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a shock to some kids sometimes so you know if, you, if you're graduating and you have the ability to be in an office go I know staying home you probably think is cool you can work in your pajamas but it's going to stunt your growth at least initially <laughs> get into the office if you can if you're right out of school 100 percent
2: yeah you'll more experience and you'll just you'll really get to see office culture I think that You know, like Joe said, we're really good friends and all of our team is really close to each other, but that is because we've seen each other in person. 100%. Yeah, that's
1: That's right.
2: That chemistry and that culture when you are online and you don't know them in person. So I stand with Joe, if you're fresh out of college and you have the opportunity to go into the office, go in because you will understand the culture internally better and you'll understand the key things of what runs the agency.
1: Yeah, you, you made a great point, Sasha. This team, and when Sasha says this team is unbelievably tight, Susan, it is the closest team I've ever worked with. And it never would have got to that point if we've never we've gone out and drank together, um, we've done karaoke together, we've probably done so much stupid stuff together. But it it made us <laughs> it made us the close team that we are, which would have been impossible if we were looking at people through an eight by ten screen every day you just don't get that 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 bond
0: sure, through a sure. laptop
1: you just don't so and these kids are losing out on that
0: yes, whether it's yes.
1: not being able to go to college class or, or not being able to go to an office upon graduation yeah it's not helping I know it's great to stay home but you're developing skills when you get into the office
0: absolutely so now let's go back to another thing virtual what do you feel about virtual portfolios and using media sources to stand out
2: well, I think from the creative standpoint, we need them. We utilize them a lot. They're, they're, I think that if you're thinking of doing anything creative, art, copy, you have to come in even at the entry level with some type of visual for us, some type of portfolio for us. Um, as far as like any other position, that's not creative. I don't know how much of a portfolio or website you have to add. I have seen it um, and I have seen really interesting applications where they even share videos of like why you should hire me into Omnicom Health Group. You know, when I was a kid, I made this commercial and I think I'll be a great fit. And I love those things. And if you think that you can think outside of the box and show us something, you know, web related that can give you a few brownie points, then Mm -hmm. go ahead. Um, But I wouldn't call it mandatory for anything outside of creative. Now, okay. And
1: it's a slippery slope too, because if you do do that, you better do it good.
2: Yeah. It's do just as much
1: as anything on the internet lives forever. So if you're going to put it out there, <laughs> make sure it's quality and it's not offensive and that it's relevant because uh, you're probably doing more damage than you are doing good on, on social media. Right. I, I could count on one hand the amount of people, probably less than one hand that I've hired because I I saw them on, so they did a cute thing on TikTok or or Instagram or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm like, oh, I got to get them in here. No, it's funny. You laugh, it's stupid sometimes, but I've never seen much where I'm like, oh, let's get this guy in there. He just did a great 30 second TikTok, yeah.
0: (laughs) Here's another question about online. Is it appropriate for candidates to directly message HR or talent acquisition specialists about opportunities? And if so, how oh, linkedin yes. or something else
1: or don't do it yeah sasha can i start that because i definitely have strong opinions about yeah. you, you should be finding us that, that's the first best way to get a job okay. find the people who do what we do and connect with us yeah. i mean don't 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 ping us you know like a stalker oh look <laughs> if, if you have the skill set that i'm looking for and you reach out to me on linkedin you're gonna get a response. But yeah, LinkedIn's your most valuable tool. We live in it. Sasha, we're on it all day long. But yeah, if you're looking for a job out of school, not HR so much. You want people in talent acquisition, people okay. who can make it happen. Get okay. your application in front of the manager, get you on the phone for a chat. But do it, but don't, don't be stalkerish about it. That will do, <laughs> that will turn us off more. If you, you know, five, five emails in a row every day is too much you know, if we, if, if you have what we're looking for, we're going to get in touch with you.
2: Yeah, definitely. I agree. Like LinkedIn, she doesn't know, even if you already have a role in mind, Hey, I applied to this position on your career site. Um, you know, I'm thinking it could be a good fit. We see hundreds of resumes every day. So anything that can help you stand out a little bit. Sure. Why not? Um, you know, definitely make sure you're reaching out to the right side of HR and you're not sending it to like HR business partners. Make huh. sure you reaching out to
1: recruit it yeah yeah look if somebody just sent me a resume with no other communication and you had what i'm looking for i'm calling you yeah (laughs) so it's not the message that's important Mm -hmm. it's your background if it's relevant i'm getting in touch with you once i see it and i see everything that comes in um if you find me i'm going to call you
0: thank you and i've got one last question for you What types of marketing communications, careers, and positions do you see growing in 2021? I would say, Joe, do you want to take a
1: stab at it? Yeah, I mean, look, just using current of it, we have a couple of medical communications agencies in our network. They're, They're, I hate to say booming because it's at people's expense, but they're getting knowledge and information out there. That's a growing part of our agency. Analytics is huge right now in our mm-hmm. life. Everything is what type of digital programs we run and the analytics folks are the ones who analyze and, and spit the data back out. Strategy is, is huge. We can't find enough people for, for the mm-hmm. roles we have. So under our roof, it, it's, well, number one, copywriting. That's the biggest, Sasha.
0: <laughs> <what it laughs> be a copywriter,
1: kids. If you're going into school, be a copywriter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, copywriting, analytics, strategy—those are that's what's booming. And medical communications right now is huge.
2: Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Copy is ginormous. Like, I wish I would have known of copy when I was because (laughs) it it is. We don't have enough people out there for the amount of copywriters that we need. It's amazing, and it's amazing. Like it's it's crazy that we have so many copy openings, but they we don't have people that go to school for writing and people think that you can't do things for a living when you're a good writer but you can you can look past editing and you know editors or writers for newspapers you can do copy for advertising companies and you can you know make big bucks in real real quick so
0: definitely think about that is that because of the boom in content marketing and the huge amount of content that's needed
1: it's always been like wherever i've been i've been on the corporate side for 12 years copywriters are by far, it's not even close, the most difficult discipline to recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sasha, we, we send out emails all the time. I have to send out, I have to reach out to about 200 copywriters to maybe have one or two conversations because they oh, don't need yeah. me. You know, if you're a good copywriter, <laughs> you go behind my back, you know, hook up with the manager and boom, you're hired and they know it, you know, and, and their, their salaries are through the roof. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The yeah. numbers that they're asking for and getting. But yeah, I mean, if you could write journalism, an English major, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and if you have a science background, you couple that with that, we're going to go after you with everything we have, man, because that, sure, that's sure. basically what we're looking for. That okay. science background with a creative tilt is right in our wheelhouse.
0: Great. Thank you so much. The time has just flown by, <laughs> and it's time for me to do my little um, wind up here. So you've been listening to WVU Marketing Communications today. Thank you for joining us and special thanks to Sasha San Pedro and Joe Golden of Omnicom Health Group. Please be sure to visit go.wvu.edu backslash MC today to view our upcoming sessions, listen to previous recordings and subscribe to receive updates. Have a great day.
1: It was a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank
0: you. Thank you so much.